What is up, fellow marketers? I'm your host, Eric Harbison. Welcome to episode 14 of the Marketing Help Podcast. So before we dig into today's episode, just a reminder that we've got a ton of marketing career content over at themarketinghelp.co. And there you can join our newsletter, uh, find all the previous episodes of our podcast, uh, or even download some of our free career templates, guides, um, frameworks, just a lot of great, helpful information for you. Uh, so just, again, head over to themarketinghelp.co and check that out. So for episode 14, actually, we're going to mix it up a little bit for this episode and a little backstory. So I had the pleasure of being invited to St. Joseph's University here in Philadelphia uh, to actually record an episode of The Marketing Help at a one-day conference they were holding focused on sales careers. And it was for all local students, St. Joseph students. Uh, so just a great turnout. Now, my guests for the day for this episode were the dean of the business school uh, at St. Joseph's University, as well as the keynote speaker that was there for the day. Uh, now, both of them have some great insights and tips on preparing for your sales and marketing career. So uh, let's jump into the recording. Enjoy. All right. So welcome to episode 14 of the Marketing Help. I'm here at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia, and I'm joined by two special guests on what is a special day for St. Joe's University. Uh, they're celebrating actually a support of a, a focus on a sales career where there's an announcement of a new program that, that's, that's happened and will be happening in the coming years. And they're actually hosting a one-day conference uh, providing support to any student seeking a career in sales. So today I'm joined by two great uh, guests. First, the Dean of the Hall School of Business here at St. Joseph University, uh, Dean Joseph D'Angelo. And I'm also joined by today's, at the one-day conference, the, today's keynote speaker, uh, someone I actually knew for, for uh, first met 25 years ago, James Arano, who's the VP and Director of Sales at 6ABC, which is a local station here in Philadelphia. <clears throat> so the conference today is called Leads and Leadership, and I think that's a, it's, it's a focus on striving for sales excellence, inviting students from all over the area, including St. Joseph's University. So Dean D'Angelo, I want to start by asking you a question. Just tell us a little bit more about St. Joseph's University, the sales and marketing programs, and why this is such a special day for St. Joseph's University? Well, it's a special day for St. Joseph's because we not only have students from our own university, but we have students from other universities in Philadelphia, specifically Temple, and we're, we're glad to we're glad to have them here. Um, we have some unique programs at St. Joe's um, that focus heavily in the industry, uh, with food marketing and pharmaceutical marketing, and. And we have a, our marketing department uh, that that also handles you know advertising and, and promotion and sales, uh, and we have other programs uh, that are dependent on sales, real estate and insurance. So when you look at the twenty seven hundred students that we have, over sixteen hundred students are involved in programs that would have a heavy, a heavy sales component. So and and it's one of the most misunderstood areas uh, of uh, of business. Uh, and so we wanted to make sure that students uh, have uh, exposure to it in the right way. And next year we will start a sales institute here to kind of formalize it and professionalize it even more. And the sales institute, which is interesting, so the sales institute is more of a, is it a, a degree that someone can achieve? It's a two-year, four-year program? It'll be a series of courses that okay. we will that we will um, make available for all of the students who are in these majors that have sales components. Um, not really, you know, we're not really concerned about having a sales major. We also want the students to understand the functional areas of business. Um, 
but it, it will be, uh, and we have sales courses in some of these special programs, so it will be a component of all of the courses uh, that we have. But we will also be offering seminars. Uh, we will also be offering executive education for uh, professionals in the field. Um, so people will bring their sales um, uh, force here to uh, to learn new techniques. We will have an advisory board. I, I already have a list that's that's way too long, um, but uh, we will need those uh, that information from from the practitioners in the field. We want to know what it is they need to know. And the impetus for this program was it just a matter of just what you've heard in the market and the fact that you have such a strong marketing program. It was kind of just made sense to kind of extend into sales. Well, we had been doing sales in our food and our pharmaceutical programs. Right. Uh, but in the last 10 years, uh, we've added insurance. It's actually the last seven or eight years we've added insurance, uh, which the program was ranked number one in the country, tied with Wharton, uh, two years ago. And then uh, we were now adding real estate, and uh, it's becoming more and more obvious that we need to do something uh, in a more in-depth level for all of these disciplines. And where do you see the program? I mean, it's such a great initiative, just given you know what I've seen in the marketing landscape, not just in Philadelphia, but just, just globally. But where do you see this, this program uh, a year from now, 18 months from now? Where, where do you think it has the opportunity to go? The institute? You're, the institute, you're yes. about? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll be hiring, we'll be hiring a, a faculty member who is actually a practitioner nice. um, uh, in, the, in the industry who will be working with us. And we will bring a number of um, a number of of adjunct faculty member, I may be recruiting the person sitting next to me today um, to actually come in and work with our students along with our along with our traditional faculty. So it, it's an applied program. Uh, you know, you don't learn sales by reading a book. Right. Uh, it's um, you, you need to practice it. Um, and uh, we do a lot of work here in oral and written communication skills. But there are other things. Um, sales has become much more professionalized today, and it's not just it's not just presentations. Got it. Okay. Um, so, James, I want to kind of touch on you had a, a, a very successful keynote. Great job. I learned a lot. I think the, the students here learned a lot as well. And you know, I was kind of jotting down the, the key takeaways you had for or from your presentation: preparation, developing relationships, um, you know, being a great storyteller. Uh, what can you say in terms of um, you know, almost the one thing, right? A lot of students here. The one thing they needed to, to take away from today that you would hope that they would do today, tomorrow, almost in the near term. What's the one thing they can do after today? Well, I think that um, I'll talk about who they need to be, I believe, as sellers. Uh, and as I mentioned previously, the integrity, the authenticity, uh, the, um, the ethics of business, I think, are critically important in the world we're in today because there is an incredible number of sellers out there um, in all sorts of business. And I'm, I'm talking specifically from media. Um, and some of them are not qualified. Some of them are not trained. Uh, and in the world that we um, uh, live and work in, uh, we've got to make sure that at least those individuals who are representing us uh, have that type of integrity, authenticity, uh, business ethics, because that is critically important in the world we live in. Um, I've, I said before that we're in the uh, business of ac uh, acquisition, new business, but we're also in the business of retention. And 
customers, clients, prospects um, need to make sure that they can trust those individuals that they're doing business with. So, and that, that's a great point. I mean, the authenticity just makes so much sense when it comes to the choice that every every business you're selling to, no matter what it is, when the when they have so much choice when it comes to picking up your phone call versus someone else's phone call. You're right. The authenticity tied to the relationship just really just seems to matter. Uh, so, so Dean D'Angelo, back to the the program. Who who do you hope would would who, what, what kind of students do you would hope? join or become interested in, in getting more involved in the Institute efforts, efforts available? Well, it, 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 if the students are really perceptive, every one of the students yeah. uh, who is attending here uh, should, should be exposed to some area of sales because everyone is selling, whether you know it or not, every representative for a company. I'll give you an example. Um, when we do uh, open houses here, um, we have students taking uh, parents and, and applicants on tours, 10 to 15 students. We meet with these students before because the point we try and make to them is today, while you are giving this tour, you are St. Joseph's University. Okay, That parent is looking at you, and if you're a junior or you're a senior, and they're saying, that's what my child's going to look like. Yeah. Okay. So remember, everything that you say is significant. As a matter of fact, um, two years ago, I had a friend coming um, and uh, he asked me to, on a Saturday, and he asked me to come down and meet with them after. And I said, well, go to the session, go on the tour. So I came down and I was dressed in a sweater and a golf shirt, and uh, I went on the tour. And the student giving the tour had no idea that I was the dean. Um, and it was very, very interesting. And we were passing the library and it's like, oh, you know, this is our library. It's named after such and such. Uh, ha ha ha. You don't have to go in there. Okay. Now he wasn't serious. He was making a joke. Um, I met with my friend later, talked with his son two months later. They didn't come. Yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't come. And so I, I did, I did meet with that student Yes. who happened to be a student in the business school. Um, <laughs> And uh, and the point I tried to make to him is, you thought you were being funny, and these people took it very seriously. And it, this goes to James's point. In this business, your word is your bond. Yeah. And if someone doesn't trust you, they'll never deal with you again. You're done, and your company is done. And and not only that, they'll tell people. You know, they'll tell people. I dealt with so and so. I thought they were shady. Yeah. Uh, they didn't give me right. I would rather have someone say to me, you know what? I can't do that for you. And here's why. Yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, I don't have all the answers either. I mean, we're looking for solutions. I want somebody to give me, to give me a solution. And I also want them to tell me, you know, I can't do this for you. I, I've had people say to me, I can't do this for you. And I know someone that can, yeah. I'll go back to that person again, you know, for something else because they were honest with me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and once you lose your word, you're done. And, and trust is a huge part of successful sales uh, professionals. And then also thinking back to the keynote, um, you know, to the point of your word is your bond. You know, what are some of those other uh, soft skills? Right. So like integrity it kind of speaks for itself in terms of you want to be someone who, who does what they say they're going to do. Uh, in the case of that student, it's knowing that you're you're on 24 seven if you're representing a business yeah. Or a company or a university, 
But when it comes to like, and James was talking about kind of resumes and, and how he looks for, for certain things for individuals, but what can we share with the listeners in terms of like those soft skills that are important to care about? What do you think those top three soft skills are for specific to sales professionals? Well, you know, James mentioned this already. I mean, you, you, you need to be authentic when you're sure. talking to them. Okay. You, you, you need to be, don't try to be something you're not, uh, because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work unless you're an Academy Award winning actor. Okay. Um, presentation skills are always, are always going to be important and they're important in, in every, in every, in every job. Um, in, in, but in this profession, uh, especially, yeah. um, you, you need to be professional in how you're making the presentations. You need to, you, you better study your English. Okay. Yeah. You, you want to have, you want to have the appropriate, you know, the appropriate grammar. Yep. Um, and, and you need to look professional. Uh, that's also part of it. Now, when I say that, I don't mean, you know, sales also has a bad image, sure. you know, from, from years ago, you know, they give you the bad image of the used car salesman, right? You got the gold chain around his neck and the, and the bracelets on their arms. And, you know, it, you, you need to look professional while you're out there because you're making a decision. The customer's making a decision either for them personally, if you're selling to an individual or for their company. And when they see this salesperson, they see the company that they're dealing with. Just like I said, when, when, when the parents are here and they see the, when they see the students who are on the tours, they're St. Joseph's for that day. They don't get a chance to see me. They don't get a chance to see the faculty. They're just here on a tour. So, uh, the people that they meet with that day, when they go home, that's what they think of. Yeah. And, And James talked about this in the keynote about, um, Presenting yourself, everyone's in sales, right? So everyone in this room, when you go to that interview, the first interview uh, for that ad rep job at the at the station or the or the publication or whatever it is, uh, something I learned from a mentor a long time ago was there's three stages to every interview, and that's uh, how you present yourself. Again, five minutes you have, even maybe shorter for some people to make the impression, and first impressions matter. Then it's what you what you say or how you conduct yourself during the interview right so it's leaning in seeming interested uh if you're if you're gazing and you're not and you're you're kind of slumpy back in your chair that matters that all matters because to all the points we heard today and we'll hear it in a little bit it's it's um you don't have much time to make that to get someone to to be interested so that's what happens after and so many times interviewing hundreds and hundreds of candidates the ones that stand out are the ones that think about all three of those stages and the most important one can be what, happened, what do you do after? What do you do after the interview, after the meeting? How do you follow up? Are you the only person of the five people that they met that actually does what they say they're going to do? And that could be an email. That could be a phone call. That could be a handwritten letter. Because right now, you know, it's a, it's a new level of sameness that we're all trying to compete against. Back in the 90s, you know, LinkedIn was TGI Fridays right down the road. That's where we went for lunch, where everybody was. And that's where you got to see and shake hands and tell, you know, how, how's your day going? What's going on? So, so now you have this opportunity to stand out and think of those three stages for any meeting, any meeting that you're going to be having, whether it's an interview or uh, pitching yourself for that first sales job that you have. So I want to talk about hard skills. There's a great conversation in the keynote about where is this, where's sales industry going in 18 months even? And what are some of the hard skills? Are there, are there specific tools anyone in this room should be prepared to be using to um, be able to hit the ground running for that first sales position? Well, that's it's, it's a great question. Um, uh, 
you know, the if if the uh, world of digital media and marketing have taught us anything, what you know today is going to be relevant six months from now. Right. Um, and there's going to be something new and something different. So I think it's critically important for uh, individuals in this room, and it's critically important for me to try and be informed, to be educated, to be knowledgeable. Um, so, again, um, dating myself, I grew up in broadcast television. There was no cable. There was no Internet. There was no social media. Mm-hmm. James Arano has had to learn and understand all of this new media and how it meshes and works in conjunction with the quote-unquote traditional old-school media of broadcast or print or radio. And I'm here to tell you there's a significant value still with what I do um, on a daily basis, and quite frankly, what radio and print can provide in conjunction with all of these other new technologies and ways to market. So for the new individuals right now, it's critically important that they continue to maintain and grow their knowledge base. It's going to be tough to be an expert across the board with everything, but trying to continue to be aware and understand how things are changing and how technology and consumer behavior and consumption is going to continue to grow and evolve will continue to aid them and make them more successful and more viable in the world of media sales going forward. And do you think the expectation for everyone in this room and maybe students that are a year or two behind them, do you think the expectations for this this class or this generation has raised, has increased? We expect more out of them because... They, they know the technology or they know of technology. So do you think the, the expectations are a little raised when it comes to um, what to expect from individuals that are looking for their first role now? I, I, think it's, I think it's fair to assume that the expectation for those individuals coming into the workforce are more involved, more engaged, more knowledgeable than when I was doing it. Again, um, not to be self-deprecating, but in, in the 80s when I got into this world, there was a little bit more um, length of rope for trial and error and understanding what's going True. on. Yeah. In the world that we're in right now, there is less ability um, to be able to have people with that runway of learning curve. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but it's a reality of, of our industry right now. So I think that, um, the as the dean had said, finding ways to do real-life applications yeah as opposed to just classroom learning and understanding from individuals who are in that world to help these students when they're getting out is going to be an invaluable service going forward for students who are graduating, getting into the workforce, because they're going to have a lot more practical understanding and knowledge than I had when I was at that age. The the world of data has changed everything. Yes. Um, uh, This is my uh, 32nd year as a dean. Uh, When I first became a Dean, uh, I was in charge of the evening programs at another university. The president gave me the job with the idea that I had to increase the enrollment. So this was our science. We ran an ad. We would run ads in newspapers with coupons, and we would put a little code on the coupons, okay? And then we'd four days later, we'd wait for the coupons to come back, and we could tell which newspaper they were from because of the code. That was the science right. then, yep. okay? Today, I, I don't buy ads in newspapers, haven't in God knows how many years, okay? And when I'm dealing with a media agency, and we're doing it, most everything now on digital, 
I not only want to know when they're running it, I want to know the demographic, psychographic, who listens. I want data back because, you know, we'll spend, you know, a million dollars on ads, uh, on advertising to promote our programs. And uh, the John Wanamaker... Just so you know, we need to talk. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. The John Wanamaker quote... Is still true. You know, I know half of my advertising works. I just don't know which half. half. And I can't afford to waste half a million dollars. Uh, So I want answers. Um, And, uh, you know, we're doing LinkedIn and Facebook. Right now, LinkedIn's killing Facebook. Nice. uh, For us. Yeah. Maybe different for someone else. Yeah. So as of next month, no more ads on Facebook. Uh, because LinkedIn is getting us, is getting, not only getting us responses, it's getting us responses from the kind of people who will come to our graduate program. Sure. I mean, I need, I just don't need someone to respond. Right. So it's become much more scientific. Now, I'm not saying every person who's in sales has to be the data analyst, but you've got to understand the data. Right. Because it's there. You know, there's, the company's going to have data on us and they're going to give you that information so that when you go out to the customer, it's not going to be, because you have the nicest suit and you're the nicest guy and, you know, we have celebrities on our radio show. Yeah. It's going to be, if you run an ad on our show, here's the kind of responses that you can expect. Right. Um, and if you don't get them, they don't come back. I mean, you know, James could be the nicest man in the world, but if, if his ads aren't if, – if his if shows aren't generating results, you're on, you're on to something else. Right. I think that's a – uh, that's a very salient point these days is there's an attribution expectation now for um, business that um, the Internet and the digital world has created to understand. Yeah. Now, the, the, the challenge is, and it's very important prior to those schedules or campaigns beginning to understand from the dean or whoever you're talking to. What are those key performance indicators? What are they trying to accomplish? Everybody can sit there and say, yes, I just want more sales. I want more enrollment. I understand that. What's the engagement? What's important to you from that perspective? There's a myriad of things that people try to accomplish. What's the brand lift associated with these things? So it is... It is absolutely uh, in conjunction with what we have to do on a day-to-day basis to, while we don't have to be data scientists, we have to have those tools in any media outlet, by the way, to be able to provide some sort of post-campaign summary of what was able to accomplish and what wasn't. And by the way, in the world we live in now, which is very different than before, there's a level of optimization that takes place throughout the course of those campaigns. So as he was just saying, if all of a sudden through a, I'm making this up, a six-week campaign, he's finding that his Facebook ads haven't resonated at all, but his LinkedIn are killing it. It's up to that individual who's been selling that to say, hey, we need to find a way to optimize this. We're not going to spend more money, but we're going to take that money. We're going to find a way to utilize this different or this creative message is resonating more. Those are all conversations in our world that we have to be very much engaged with with our clients. And you touched on a nice point there, which is, you know, and the question was asked earlier during the keynote, which is, you know, what's involved in a day to day of a salesperson and the sales position today is not just getting the sale. It's following through because much like, and I'll get into like, you know, sales and marketing are very similar, but if you're a sales individual and you're not thinking through how to, how to optimize the campaigns that you just sold, whether that's somebody else in your team or a different department, if you don't care about that, then guess, guess who's not going to sell uh, or retain that client they just sold. So it is important to kind of think through all the way in terms of 
post-sale, what are you what are you doing specifically? Where, you know, it's, it's funny we talked about the the moniker and sales and what it, what it means and the, the connotations it brings, but like. You're a sales strategist, right? Where's your? Do you bring strategic thinking to the act of building relationships and closing the sale? And the answer should be absolutely yes, because you care about what happens after that first sale. And this is even if you take a sales role where your job is to just make phone calls or outreach 24-7, because um, you're the one that's going to stand apart from the other one because you care about what happened after the sale. But closing the sales, the job's not done. Correct. That's uh, when it the, begins. The, 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 yeah. That's right. I mean, it's it's what happens after. I'll, I'll give you an example. I was talking to someone last week uh, about a transaction that involved several million dollars. Um, and uh, there was an issue and the person said, you know, I'll fix it and I'll get back to you. Okay. And this was last Monday and they said they were going to get back to me Wednesday. It's the following Friday. They haven't got back. This Monday coming, that several million dollars is going to someone else. Yeah. I don't have time to wait two weeks for someone to get back to me. Yeah. You know, it, it's actually cost, it's actually cost us money. And the last thing you want to hear from that individual is I was busy. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so was I. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but so, you know, the, because this is probably a little dramatic, but anybody can make the sale the first time. It's the second time and the third time and the fourth time. And the successful people are the ones that make the sales over a continuous period of time. Because if you make if you make the sale and the product doesn't do what you said it was going to do, or you haven't followed up, or there is some dissatisfaction, they're never going to come back. Right. They're not they're not going to come back. Uh-huh. And the successful salespeople make the sales over and over and over again. As we talked about uh, earlier, um, I'm in both the acquisition and retention business. Yeah. Um, it's it's a lot easier to maintain a client and grow that business than it is to always go out yes. and continue to acquire. Yeah. So the sale begins at the closing. They want to know that you're servicing it. They know they want to know that you're as invested in their success as they are. Because what happens, as I said before, you become part of the conversation. And you know you've reached the sales nirvana platform when you become part of their marketing team. When they come to you and say, how should we approach this? What should we do? You know at that point you are now a resource and part of their business focus as opposed to just somebody who's selling them something. Right. So to that point, a question is, what's the recommendation, again, for for anyone here thinking of a sales career, what should they be factoring in when it comes to marketing? Right, because sales and marketing have this this overlap, oftentimes where it depend on the in, depend on the industry and the company you work for. Uh, you may be that person that does both, or you may have that other department that is the marketing team that needs to be um, listened to and be fed by what it is you're closing. So, what's the the single piece of advice for this group of future sales professionals on how they should be thinking about integrating with marketing? Well. Um what we have approached in and what I think everybody has to understand is that you don't come out right away with all that institutional knowledge right. about marketing and sales. It's yeah. it's it's an acquisition, so to speak. And as I said, I've been doing it for 35 years and I still have a whole lot to learn and a whole lot to understand. Right. Um, so in the um, um, uh, companies that you're working for, in the business that you're engaged with, Get as much information as you can. Spend as much time with those individuals who are on the side of the fence that perhaps you may not be expo- exposed to. Understand and gain that knowledge 
that will help you continue to be that resource to those individuals. So while you may be in the sales side, but you don't not necessarily understand the world of social marketing or digital marketing, talk to those individuals. Try and get as much information as you can. And as I've said before, um, the beautiful thing um, for all of these people who are coming out now is they literally have, you know, the Dean and I will understand this. They have the greatest version of the Encyclopedia Britannica than they can potentially ever have. And so they can get and understand virtually everything. And the ability to talk and connect um, and to relate to other topics and businesses is limitless. I actually still have a copy of the Encyclopedia Britannica, (laughs) but... uh, I just wanted to sell my grand, that with I just wanted my grandkids to see it. Right, it's actually a book uh, that has you have it too. It's called Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when it comes to tools for sales and marketing, I just want to end on this: is like when I think of a sales professional nowadays or in the next couple of years, tools like Slack, HubSpot, Salesforce. If you don't know the word CRM, the acronym CRM stands for. Uh, make sure you do, and make sure that you've actually used a tool because there's tons of free ones out there. Understand how it works. Uh, you will set yourself apart from somebody else uh, sitting, uh, going to interview after you when you can speak to the fact that you used it for your fraternity for your upcoming party. You use HubSpot to send out emails and to see who's coming because for some sales roles, the follow-up, you know, the, the, the pursuit, the outreach, I mean, that's expected what you're doing. But if you can show that you've tangibly executed something using tools that the hiring manager or team is familiar with or expect you to ramp up and learn as part of your 30-day onboarding. But if you already know it, guess who has an advantage? And, and, and to the bar being so low in terms of how you can set yourself apart, um, you know, in addition to what James was saying about what you do today, there's my recommendation right now. Go find a CRM tool, HubSpot's free, and open up an account. You do have an application for it in your day-to-day life. You just haven't thought about it yet. Events like today, events like you're going to next week, all, you could be the one that sets that up, and who benefits from it? You do, and the person who's going to hire you. So I think that's when it comes to these tools, when it comes to the sales, when I talk about the expectation being raised, in addition to all the reasons we talked about here, I think that's those are some some tool sets that you should be familiarizing yourself with. Those skills are transferable? Yes. All of our staff in our graduate programs uh, are all trained on, they were trained on Salesforce. Now we're going to an, a model that we have called Slate that was designed yep. just for academic institutions. We were on HubSpot. Um, and don't just think because you are in sales, that's the only time you're going to use this. You will use it across all kinds of other, uh, other positions. Um, so it can never hurt you to have, to have those skills. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yes, if someone came in to apply for a job, for us to be a director of one of our graduate programs, I don't care what their undergraduate major is, and right. they don't need to be faculty. I have faculty. <laughs> that's not the faculty. That's not their job. I need someone who understands why someone wants to come back and get a graduate degree. Which degree do we have that can satisfy their needs? And we have a number of them. You're not just selling anything right. that they walk in the door. And then how do I get to them? Yeah. Uh, how do I get to, and it's easy for someone to respond today or something. Then you, you have to follow up and you've got to, you've got to connect. And before you would say, Oh, come on in for an interview. We don't do interviews anymore. We do them over Skype, yeah. we, you know, uh, uh, but you've got to be able to connect and you've got to understand, you've got to understand the technology. So last question to end on this is just when it comes to providing value for this room of sales professionals and anyone listening who's a sales professional or wants to be marketing sales professional, 
What's the one resource that you've found interesting, both for yourself or you've heard of others use as a way to kind of stay ahead of what's going on? You talked about 18 months, something's changing. Something. What's the one resource somebody here can go sign up for, follow? It's a person, it's a, it's a blog, it's a site. What's, what's the one resource you think everyone here should be intimately familiar with as of today? Well, I, again, I can't speak for everyone and there are so many out there I can't keep track, but I do, um, uh, utilize LinkedIn quite a bit. Yep. Uh, I think the value proposition that that has is I'm following a lot of people or I'm connected to a lot of people, both in my industry and outside my industry. People, um, on LinkedIn seem very open to saying, Hey, no problem. I'll connect with you in that situation. So it's provided me some very good, um, value and knowledge about what's happening, not just in my industry, but what my competitors are doing. Exactly. I just read a bunch of great articles that somebody I'm connected with uh, at Comcast posted about how NBC is using media math for attribution and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And it get, it's prompted me to ask some questions about what we're doing and how we're approaching things. And it's also been um, a very valuable business lead generation opportunity for yep. me. And, and, and can only advance itself in the next six to 18 months as well as a tool. Any resources come? No, I, I, I would agree with that, yeah. um, and uh, I've become a big uh, a big admirer of LinkedIn after I, I told you right. the result that we've had yeah. with uh, with our advertising. But it's also used for other things. Um, we where our graduate students come in uh, each year, and the first thing we do is they they work up a professional LinkedIn page because that's how you're going to network. That's where people are finding jobs. Yeah. Um, at the graduate level, at the undergraduate level, companies will come in and, and do recruiting on campus if they're going to hire 30 or 40 people at a time. But if they're going to hire one or two, they don't. And so you've got to, you've got to develop your networking skills and LinkedIn will give you an opportunity to do that. Now, it, and six months from now, it could be something else, sure. but it's the technology. Correct. You know, right now, LinkedIn, at least for us, works very well. I, I couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. yeah. And I can say right now, for anyone who's LinkedIn profile, if you have the default blue screen in the background behind your headshot, uh, which I love the fact that you're doing headshots here today, do take advantage of that. As we talked about earlier in the keynote, um, some people give you five seconds, some people give you five minutes on that first impression. Take advantage of that real estate, even if it is a link to your personal branded site. Oh, wait, you don't have a personal branded site? That's a whole other podcast. But yes. Take advantage of that real estate to show something about yourself. You like to travel. You like a sports team. Like give some dimension to who you are because I can tell you right now to see that blue back background behind your headshot is a tremendously missed opportunity. So we don't want the dimension at the fraternity party. You don't want that. Right. You be careful. I mean, I'm saying it as a joke, but I'm also being serious Yeah. because companies will go, they'll go check your Facebook page and your LinkedIn site. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and dimensions meaning again things that are that are uh, that you want people to associate with you before they even meet you. Again, remember the three things. And before we walk into that interview, they already know and they should know that you're an avid hiker, uh, traveler, whatever that image is. That is again, want, you want to be representing yourself. Um, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Do not get a second chance you know, to make a first impression. And, and uh, Dave has heard me say this um, ad nauseum is. You have been and will continue to be building your brand every minute of every day. Uh, and the wonderful thing about social media is also one of the most dangerous things about that is. And I'm significantly older than everybody in this room. But the reality is I've gotten really good at trolling and finding <laughs> out what I need to find out about potential 
candidates. It matters as a result of that. It does matter. Uh, okay, so so um, uh, great parting words here. I want to thank St. Joseph's for having uh, the marketing help here for recording this podcast today. I want to thank uh, Dean D'Angelo and James Arno for for being my guest today on the Marketing Help podcast. And I want to thank all of you in the room here for joining us today. So thanks, everybody. Well, that's a wrap for episode 14. Uh, and just some great advice from our, our guests on preparation, personal branding, positioning yourself for interview, sales pitch, just anything related to your marketing or sales career. Again, just want to give special thanks to Carly from the St. Joseph's chapter of the AMA and my guests, Dean D'Angelo and James Arano for making this great episode possible. So go ahead and share this episode or give it a rating and review. We appreciate that. Or just take a couple minutes, check out all the updated marketing career content and resources at themarketinghelp.co. Until next episode, I'm your host, Eric Harbison. Happy marketing.